Good morning. Welcome to Forest Hill. We're glad you chose to join with us today, this Palm Sunday. Would you take a moment and like the post, share it to your page, and tag a friend who you would like to join you this morning in worship. Also, if you would like notifications of when the church goes live, would you like the Forest Hill page? This morning, would you join with me in reading scripture? We'll read from Psalm 118, verses 1 and 2, and verses 19 through 26. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, His love endures forever. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. We often think of this place as the house of the Lord, but in the New Testament, the people were often the house of the Lord. Would you take a moment this morning and bless the Lord with me right where you are? Let us pray. Father, we come before you today and we are thankful. We come into your presence, Lord, and we thank you that no virus can take us from under your covering. Father, we pray that today on this Palm Sunday, our hearts will be gripped by your word and you will remind us, Lord, that you are covering us. You are with us. Father, you are fighting for us. Father, I pray that you would remind us today of the beauty of your word and that you would encourage our hearts as we gather all over Mobile and hear from you and join together with your people. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you join with us this morning as Pastor Chad and his team lead us in worship? Good morning, everybody.
this place an altar. Make this place an altar. Sing, my soul will sing. My soul will make this place an altar. Make this place an altar. Sing, my soul will sing. My soul will make this place an altar. Make this place an altar. Sing, my soul will sing. My soul will make this place an altar. Make this place an altar. says, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. And time and time again, from scripture to scripture, from situation to situation, we see his faithfulness. We see that no matter where, where the characters found themselves, where God's people found themselves, even in the fire, he was with them. He was that fourth man. Amen was that fourth man in the fire and he's with you today he is with all of us today because he said I would never leave you and I would never ever forsake you always there'll be another in the fire aren't you thankful today aren't you glad today that he is with us thank Thank you Jesus thank you Jesus oh we worship you right now thank you Father Thank you, Father, for your steadfastness. Thank you for your grace. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. When I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning. I know I will never be alone. I won't say there's another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the waters holding back the seas. Should I ever need reminding how I've been set free? There's a cross that bears the burden. Another died for me. There's another in the fire. Yes, there is. Oh, Come on, let's sing this together. All my dead. Thank you, Lord. All my dead left for dead beneath the waters. I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore. Should I fall? Should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning? Either way, I will bow to the things of this world.
says will come to pass how do you know he's not forgotten about me I know it because his word says it so I know because he's given us so many examples in the word and I love the 23rd psalm we're going to sing a song that I think everyone's going to know I love the picture the imagery Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That even though you may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, even there 
He is with you. And even if he has to correct you, maybe you're in a time of correction, does not mean that he doesn't love you. He said his rod and his staff comfort me. His rod and his staff are corrective tools. And being corrected is not pleasant, but it's worthwhile and it just means he loves you all the more. And his plans for you are perfect. Yes. Let's sing about it right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. He goes before me. Defender behind me. Defender behind me. Faith say I'm filled. I'm filled with anointing. You see, my cup's overflow. My cup's overflowing. And no weapon can harm. No weapon can harm me. I Testify, say, He always guides me. Sweet. 
Good morning, Forest Hill family. It's so great to see you this morning and once again have the opportunity to worship with you. What a great time we just had of lifting our voice and singing praises to the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Chad and worship team for that wonderful moment. And now it's time to go to the Lord in prayer. And before we do that, I just wanna encourage you with these words from Psalm 18. The psalmist says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. So this morning we are going to lift up our voices and we are going to call upon the Lord in prayer. If you have a need, we want you to go ahead and drop that prayer request in the comment section. Our staff is standing by waiting to agree with you in yes. prayer. And also behind us, you'll see blood drops that we have pinned to the cross Several weeks ago, we had a service and we asked you to write names of those who you wanted to see saved during this Easter season or those who needed healing. You need, these people needed a touch from the Lord in some way, somehow. And so you pin their names to the cross on these blood drops. We want you to know we have not forgotten about it. We are still praying for these names. 
God has most certainly not forgot about this act that you did. And so we want you to agree with us in prayer this morning over whatever your need is, but also these names on the cross. Pastor Tristan's gonna pray for us. Yes, Farsteel family, would you just bow your heads all across the living rooms across this entire county and pray with us today. Lord, we thank you, God, for all that you are, Lord, and all that you continue to be. Lord, you protect us. God, you keep us. And Lord, right now, I pray that we will all just begin to call out names of loved ones that we have, Lord. Loved ones whose names we have pinned to the cross and dedicated our prayer life to them, God, because we want to see them saved. God, I pray for our people right now all across this county, Lord. I pray right now for all of our people joining us on this live stream, Lord, that you would just bless them, that you would keep them, God, that you would provide for them, Lord, and make sure that they are taken care of, Lord, wherever they are, whatever situation they may be in, God, I know that you are in control and you are big enough to handle it, Lord. Lord, I pray right now that we will feel comfortable just to, to cast our cares on you, Lord, just to bring all of our needs before you this morning. And Lord, I pray for Pastor Daniel as we uh, get ready to receive what you have spoken to him, Lord. I pray that our hearts be open to hear him, God, and hear what you have said through him. Lord, I thank you and I love you. Thank you for this day that we get to worship together. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank y'all. Good morning, Forest Hill family. Uh, when we began our online services back a couple weeks ago, uh, none of us thought that uh, we would still be doing this, I don't imagine. But uh, God's been faithful to us, and I'm thankful to get to meet with you uh, in this way this morning. Uh, I do miss seeing all of you. I really do. And I know that all of you miss being able to see each other physically and worship together in our space. Uh, but keep praying. Hang in there. Keep your spirits up. And uh, we'll continue to trust the Lord to carry us through this season. And I believe to get us back uh, soon uh, in this place where we can worship together. That's going to be a great Sunday morning, isn't it? Well, while we're here, let's uh, do what the prophet told us to do in Jeremiah, and that is to make the best of this, and let's continue to worship and to worship well, even though we're at home. I know you're doing that, and I urge you to continue to do that. Conditions are changing daily, and uh, we'll see how this goes, but our plan right now is to try to have one event on our campus. There is a caveat. You would be in your vehicle in the parking lot. We wouldn't be meeting in our sanctuary. We're shooting to try a parking lot prayer service this weekend on Saturday morning, April 11th at 10 o'clock a.m. We'll give some more details later in the week if we're able to make this a go. Uh, we believe we are. We've talked to a few people working on getting permissions and uh, all that we'll need logistically to make it work, but that is our plan. So pray with us that God will let us do that. And if it all works out, we'll see as many of you as can to come and stay in your car Remain in your vehicle, come on a campus, drive into the parking lot, and we'll have a creative way, whether it's a sound system set up or uh, an FM transmitter where you can tune in on your car radio to be able to connect with us this coming Saturday morning. And so please be aware of that. Remember, we'll be uh, having our Good Friday service as always. It'll be online this time, 7 o'clock on Friday night. So you can tune in and participate with that. We have some communion elements available, that uh, prepackaged that we could get to you if you're interested in that. More details about that this week. Or an easier way for you may simply be to acquire some grape juice and some bread of your choosing. And we will consecrate those together online and we'll celebrate communion together as part of our Good Friday evening service at 7 o'clock. All right? Well, in the meantime, I'm glad you're with us and you're here to worship with us. If you're watching on Facebook Live, as many of you are, I invite you, if you haven't already, hit the share button down below, hit the little arrow and share this on your own page. Um, and I urge you also to uh, tag someone in the comment section below that you would like to invite to watch and view with you. So help us spread the reach of our, of our, of our service this morning in that way. If you're using the Uversion app on your phone or your device, you can search under live events for the Forest Hill Church of God and you'll find the notes and the passage that we're going to be studying together in just a moment. One more quick bit of housekeeping before we turn to God's Word. Uh, even though we've had to change our approach for the last few weeks, our church and its pastors are still on mission. We are still advancing the mission of our local church to gather, to grow, and to go. We are coming up with creative online worship ways for us to gather in worship. We're trying to help facilitate a connection online with your growth groups, life groups, Bible studies, uh, through Zoom calls and Facebook Live events within those groups. And we're pooling all of our collective 
creativity to find ways for you to go live lives of purpose during this time uh, of crisis. We're going to be coming up with some fun ways for you to do outreach within the next week or so. That'll include everything from video testimonies to filming you and your family opening some resurrection eggs. We've got lots of things we want to do this week. It's Holy Week after all, and it's a big deal for us. And even though we can't gather physically, we can still celebrate in our homes all that it means that Jesus died and rose again for us. We'll be hopping on Facebook throughout the week to walk you through this week as we focus on the death and resurrection of our Savior. If you're a regular part of our Forest Hill family, I just want to remind you today that we are uh, counting on your continued financial support of your church during this time. Uh, some of you have been so faithful to help us in that way, whether it's dropping a love gift in the mail or whether it is making use of our online giving. Right now, you'll see us drop a link in the comment section for our Engage platform. We urge you to uh, take advantage of that and uh, give online if you can help us. Pastor John will give you more details at the end. Uh, but for now, let's go ahead and turn to God's Word. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 21. Of course, if you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screen in just a moment. Matthew 21 is the passage we're going to be reading together. Today is Palm Sunday. It's the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem and the people proclaimed Him to be the King of Israel. Now in a moment we're going to read, but before we do, I've got a question for you. And I invite you to drop it in the comments there. Especially if you've got kids watching, this is a great question to ask your kids. I would love to know what their responses are, so be sure to include their name in the response. Kids, if you could be king for one day what would you do? If you could change anything by being king for a day, what change would you make? What would you do if you could be king for a day? That's the question. Adults, you can play too if you want to. Some of you dream about being king for a day. I urge you, drop that in the comments section. and uh, Let's have some fun with that today as we discuss back and forth. If you have your Bible, Matthew 21, you found it. We're going to read the first 11 verses. I'll read the first part and I'll invite you to read along with me at a couple sections. Are you ready? Let's turn to God's Word together. The Bible says in Matthew 21, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them and immediately He will send them. All of this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying... Now read this part with me. Let's read the prophet's words. Ready? Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt the foal of a donkey. Good job. Let's keep reading. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their, colt, their clothes on them, and set him upon them. And a great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying... Once again, read this part with me. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. The Bible says, and then... When he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. May God bless the reading of his word. Would you pray with me? Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We thank you for moments around your word. And I thank you that your word is not bound and that, Lord, you're able to speak to us. I pray that right now the anointing of your spirit would rest on me and I pray that you'd speak through me and to your people and that, Lord, you would stir our hearts up with excitement and worship for our King who has come to us in the person of Jesus. And we pray your blessing on this time around your word in Christ's strong name. And everybody said, Amen. I greet you this morning in the name of our Lord and King. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. I know you're saying it there in your home. The Lord does reign. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, every 4th of July in Washington, D.C., at precisely 11.45 a.m. on the corner, northwest corner of Constitution Avenue and 7th Street, our country gears up to throw the largest Independence Day celebration anywhere in the nation. It's a big deal. Uh, from 
from 7th Street all the way to 17th Street, 10 blocks the parade route stretches. And people show up early that morning to get the best spot to witness all the activities and festivities. The parade consists of bands, fife and drum corps, patriotic floats, military and specialty units, giant balloons, equestrian and drill teams, VIPs, national dignitaries, celebrities. People come from far and wide to celebrate all that America is and all that it means. It is a grand annual patriotic flag-waving, red, white, and blue celebrating birthday party for the United States of America. You know, the scene that we just read in Matthew 21 doesn't seem nearly as grand as anything like that, but I'm sure it would have been better if the pilgrims had more opportunity to prepare. You see, this crowd that is celebrating Jesus uh, is suddenly just uh, watching Him come in without much announcement, and they do the best they can on the fly to celebrate His coming into the city of Jerusalem. This crowd of travel-worn pilgrims makes do the best they can on short notice. They lay their coats and strip palm branches from the tree in the roadway. Uh, they lift up palms and shout Hosanna and hail Jesus as the long-awaited King who's finally arrived in Israel. This rowdy bunch of worshipers is not part of the regular Jerusalem crowd. No, these guys and girls are part of the countryside group that have shown up in Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of Passover. They are from the Galilean countryside. They are the people who've seen His miracles and heard His message over the last three years. And they've come to believe that He is the Son of God and the Messiah of Israel, that He's the King who's come to make everything right that has gone so horribly wrong in their country over the last season. They had grown up hearing stories about this one who would come, and they have anxiously awaited this day. If you remember your Old Testament, though, it was never God's will for them to have a human king. That was never God's design for them. God allowed it when they insisted upon it, but it never went as well as they hoped it would. From the first king, Saul, who was a, a failure in many regards, all the way through the line of kings in the book of Chronicles and Kings, they fail one after the other. No human ruler ever measured up to God's standard. Not one of them ever fully obeyed the Lord or governed in righteousness or led God's people to keep their covenant with God. Not even King David, the gold standard of all the kings, not even he measured up completely to God's standard. Only when God is king does everything go right in the land. Israel found that to be true, and it would be true here in this story. And the same is true in our land, isn't it? This crisis is showing us every day the weaknesses, the limitations, the frailties of even the best of human leaders, political and otherwise. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever bought a product, maybe you ordered it on television or you bought it online and uh, you got it, couldn't wait for it to arrive at your house, but when it showed up it was just not quite as advertised? It didn't do what you thought it would do or it didn't look like they said it was going to look. Uh, for some reason or the other, you were rather disappointed by it. Maybe you've had that experience. Maybe you could drop a couple of those in the comments below. What's been your most disappointing purchase? Maybe something you bought sight unseen or something you bought from uh, watching a video on, or maybe just a picture on, on television. Drop that. I, I'm thinking in my mind back in 1985 when I was a kid when Coke rolled out the new Coke product, right? What a disaster. And now all the Cokes are Coke classic because the world demanded they go back to the original recipe. Some of you who are not that old remember 2016 when Samsung rolled out the Galaxy Note 7. And as soon as you put it on the charger, it exploded overnight, right? It blew up and caused fires all over the nation when people put them on the charger. They discontinued it pretty quickly. Maybe you've got a story like that. You know, we've all bought things that were not as advertised. I think every voter has understood the feeling of voting for a candidate who campaigned on promises only to watch him or her get in office and not do anything that they said they were going to do. What's interesting about this passage is Jesus didn't do that. Jesus did all that He said He would do. He did exactly what He promised. He kept all His campaign promises. He was who He said He was. He did what He came to do. And yet, many people were disappointed in how He responded as King once He rode into Jerusalem. They had quite a few expectations on Jesus that Jesus just had no intention of fulfilling in His first coming. 
lots of things that Jesus will do in His second coming, they expected Him to do in His first arrival. And He just didn't do it. He was out of step with the expectations of His followers. And you see it all through this very passage that we just read. I want you to notice a couple of them with me. Number one, notice the coats in the streets. Say that with me. The coats in the streets. Yeah, the Bible says the people laid their clothing down. They laid their coats in the street for Jesus to ride over uh, while He was on the donkey. They laid coats and palm branches down for Him to ride over. This was a symbolic way of declaring their loyalty and allegiance to Jesus as their King. They are saying in a figurative way, if He has to ride to power over our backs, we're okay with that. They're declaring their willingness to die for their king to make sure he makes it into power and does what he is sent to do. What's ironic about this, though, is that by the end of the week, it is not they who will die for their king, but it is the king who will die for them. And so that is kind of an ironic twist in the story, the coats in the streets. The second one I want you to notice is the cries of Hosanna. Everybody say Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. This is the cry from Psalm 118. Uh, Shay read it at the beginning of the service. It's normally a cry of victory for a conquering king riding in after battle. Jesus has yet to fight a battle. He has not conquered his enemies yet. And yet we find the followers here of Jesus shouting Hosanna at his arrival. Even more interesting though, the Hebrew word Hosanna uh, is often used as a victory shout, but that's not exactly what the word means. The word Hosanna literally means, save us now. It is a cry for deliverance. It is a prayer for salvation. In Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, the prophet says that the coming king is just and having salvation. That's an interesting word. He is a saving king. And Jesus is riding into Jerusalem to bring salvation for His people. But it will look very differently than anyone shouting Hosanna on Palm Sunday expected it to look. It will not look like a king wearing a crown. It will look like a lamb dying on a cross. Very different indeed. Number three, notice the donkey's colt. This is a very different symbol. This is not at all what you would expect. If King Jesus is riding to victory... You know, I don't know if you've ever ridden a donkey or if you've ever watched somebody try to ride a donkey, but um, it's impossible to look proud riding a donkey. It's impossible to look dignified uh, or stately riding on a donkey. And yet Jesus comes riding not on a mighty war horse, but on a humble beast of burden. And it is a symbolic gesture. The Bible tells us again in Zechariah 9 and 9 that your king will come to you riding on a donkey's colt. When he comes through the eastern gate, he's fulfilling that prophecy. In Judges 5 and 10, there's an interesting little story about the judges of the Old Testament. The Bible tells us they rode on white donkeys. That's interesting to me. These first rulers and leaders in Israel, like Samson and Gideon and Jephthah, they rode on white donkeys. And they're coming into Israel, not just to deliver Israel from her enemies, but to turn Israel back to God. And so when Jesus rides in on this white donkey, He's not only coming as a king but as a judge to deliver them from their enemies and to restore them to right relationship with God. In wartime, the kings of Israel would come riding in on a mighty steed, a great war horse, symbolizing their conquering power. But when a king came riding in on a donkey, it was a symbol that he came in peace and he had no intention of making war or using force. Contrary to the expectations of Jesus' followers, He was not riding into Jerusalem to raise an army or to take Herod off of his throne or to drive the Roman army away who was occupying their homeland. Jesus doesn't march to Herod's palace. He doesn't go knock on the door of Pilate's hall after he rides into Jerusalem. No. Where does he go? Well, if you keep reading, you find out he goes to the temple and he says, this is my father's house. And instead of dealing with the halls of government, he goes to the temple and cleanses it from those who had distorted its true purpose. Jesus didn't come to do what everybody thought He came to do that first time around. And the donkey is a symbol of that. Number four, notice the palm branches. And this is the last one here. The palm branches, the Bible says they laid them on the road in Matthew. And other gospel writers say that they broke them down and waved them and shouted, Hosanna. Palm branches were a symbol too. They were a sign of victory and they were waved in the procession uh, for conquering kings who would ride in with their enemies in chains behind them after the great battle. But once again, Jesus turns this symbol on its head. 
Christ is not riding into Jerusalem to destroy His earthly enemies. No, He comes to forgive them and die for them instead. Yet strangely, through His death and resurrection, Jesus does defeat enemies. A very different set of enemies. Israel's real and true enemies. Let's put it all together today. The pilgrims to the Feast of Passover were right when they declared Jesus to be their king. But they were confused about what kind of king He would be. Their concern was earthly, but His was spiritual. Their focus was temporal, but His was eternal. They were worried about the now, and He was working on the forever. Their enemies were Pilate, Herod, and Caesar, and His enemies were sin and death and hell. Even amid the COVID-19 crisis we're all facing today, everyone has ideas about what God ought to be doing. In fact, if we're honest, we've all probably told God what we think He ought to be doing about the crisis every time we've prayed lately. Listen to me. God doesn't actively cause this sort of thing, uh, but in His sovereignty, He does allow this trial to come. Remember, sickness and death entered our world uh, through human sin, not through divine design. So it was our actions that opened the door to things like this. God is working to redeem that and set it right again by sending Jesus. And yet God is working, even in the current situation, to redeem it and to bring good out of the evil. And He's working and we can trust Him that He's doing that. You know, we all want to get back to normal, but maybe God wanted our normal to be disrupted for a little while so that we could get our attention back on what was most important. We all want to go back to work so we can pay the bills and keep our national economy strong, but maybe God wants us to stop hoping in uncertain riches or leaning on our finances and instead to put our hope in Him as our provider and our defender. We want our government, our scientists, and our doctors to do more to solve this. But maybe God wants us to be reminded that we are finite, our power is small, and our knowledge is limited. Let's be honest. As Americans, we don't do really well with the idea of having a king to rule over us. Yet Jesus is clear. He's a king over a kingdom, and that kingdom is not a democracy. We don't get a vote in how He does what He chooses to do. But if we claim Jesus as our Lord, our Master, our King, we must trust Him enough to submit to His Word and to His will. Can I ask you today, are you a citizen of Christ's kingdom? Have you stepped down from the throne of your own life today and surrendered your heart to King Jesus? Are you following Him? Have you cried out, save us now to Jesus? Have you trusted His death on the cross and His resurrection power to set you free and rescue you from the guilt and the grip of your sin, from the power of Satan, from slavery to addictions and bondage, from the fear of death? Are you trusting Christ to Savior today? Are you trusting King Jesus to be your protector and your provider, both for now and for eternity? Why don't you gather your family together for a moment and let's, uh, let's reach out and huddle up in prayer and let's express to God our faith and trust in Him. Let's declare our hope in Him today. Would you take a moment and let's pray? Father, in the name of Your Son, Jesus, we bow our hearts and we gather up all around uh, this, all around Mobile and Baldwin County as we huddle up on our couches and our living rooms. and We ask You today, Lord, that You would just look on Your people who've gathered because we love You. We declare our faith and trust in You, King Jesus. And Lord, as we often sing, even when we don't see it, You're working. And Lord, we can't figure out exactly all that You're up to in this hour, but we believe and trust that You have a plan and that You're still on the throne and that You know what You intend to bring out of this situation. So Lord, we lay our lives down before You, King Jesus. We trust You now as Your people in every generation have always been called to do. We ask You today, Lord, that You would meet our needs according to Your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We trust You to be our provider financially. We trust You to be our protector physically. We trust You to be our Savior from all the real enemies of sin and death and Satan. We pray, God, that You'd watch over us and keep our hearts trusting in You all the way through this season. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you need someone to pray with you or talk to you about how to trust Christ as Savior, there's a number that you can call on the screen, 251-345-1700, and you'll get our pastor on call. We would love to talk with you today. Friends, I'm glad you joined us for our online gathering. We have a pre-sealed communion elements available later this week. If you need that to get ready for the Good Friday service, don't forget about that. Friday night we'll be meeting together online to celebrate Good Friday. Be watching for more information about our parking lot prayer meeting on Saturday. And we'll be hopping on Facebook Live throughout the week to help you celebrate Holy Week 
be looking for me and others as we do that. Don't forget about your various groups and studies online. Be sure to stay connected with one another. Our media pastor, John Vellis, coming up in just a moment to tell you a little more about how you can stay connected with us and how you can uh, make use of our online giving platform. And I want to remind you to check on your neighbors and continue to love one another throughout this season. Would you receive this blessing from the Lord? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift His countenance upon you and grant you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for joining us today. and We hope you were blessed by today's message. And thank you again for your continued faithful giving. Don't forget our available options how you can give. Our website, www.foresthillcog.org. Also, text to give is available by simply texting the number. Or you can mail your tithe and offering to our church campus. Our social media platforms are up and running also. Our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching Forest Hill COG. Thanks again for worshiping with us today.